What's up, guys? Welcome back to Off the Wall Podcast, uh, episode 56, uh, in honor of your uh, NL Cy Young winner, Sandy Alcantara. Um, just Matt and Kyle today, and we're just going to be chopping it up a little bit about the latest uh, free agency moves, couple signings, uh, throw a trade in there, and then there's some more people uh, available, and of course, all the uh, Carlos Correa nonsense that... Uh, so he's not a Met. Um, I mean, we could, that's a perfect place to start because I feel like that's probably the biggest news. Um, Carlos Correa is back with the Twins in a very unlikely turn of events. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm glad he's out of the division. I'll say that. Uh, Kyle, as a non-biased fan, um, at least on this front, what, what do you what do you think about all this? Oh boy! I mean, at least at least we finally get some closure in what is most likely the craziest off season for a single player in MLB history. It this is it's on. It was insane the whole carousel that was going on. Um, good for Correa, I guess. I mean, he got more than what I thought he was going to end up with. Um, I mean, especially signing those two mega deals with the Giants and the Mets. And then settling for, I believe it was 200 is what he settled for. So with incentives, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't expect him to go back to the Twins by any means. But um, I, I also think it's good for the game of baseball. I mean, the Twins aren't a huge market team. So, you know, to have a star player like that, it's good for both ends. Yeah, and I feel like we had talked about this when he initially signed with the Giants, I believe. And I had said that I didn't really feel like the Twins were a candidate um, signing him to a big contract. I mean, I think there was interest there that they wanted to bring him back, but I felt that they probably weren't going to be willing to spend the money that other franchises were. And I mean, it showed that, but yeah, it kind of feels like uh, the Twins were last resort Hey, I need somewhere that I know I can get money and they are definitely want to get me back. And I just need to get a couple hundred million dollars and locked up for a couple of years. And obviously that's what he got. But I mean, like you said, good for the twins. The only thing is like, uh, how many times were we talking about colors Correa last year? It was a lot. Any, not that many. Like during the season, you were like, well, what happened to Correa? I mean, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He had, yeah, he, he had a good season, but mm-hmm. it was quiet, like not compared to what it would have been for the Mets, especially, or even with the giants, it still would have been a lot, uh, a lot bigger, a lot more talked about, I would say. So yeah. overall, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know this injury was a issue necessarily. No, I mean, I, I didn't either. And as you were saying, like, I, I I don't know if it gave him problems this past season, but I mean, I mean, that goes to show you how much he was truly talked about. I mean, especially in the first half of the season, he wasn't even putting up half the numbers that he was normally. I mean, you know, for his sake, he was able to pick it up towards the end and get hot. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this really shedded some light on every single person who's a fan of Major League Baseball. I mean, uh, you normally don't hear of, you know, 
as soon as we get the tweet, I mean, it's it's done is what we expect. So, I mean, it sheds some light on some of these injuries that these guys um, suffer and how much it can affect their market. Yeah, and I don't think uh, two words pending physical has ever been so important <laughs> in uh, any tweet coming from Jeff Passan or any of those uh, high tier reporters before, because now they have to make sure they include that in any deal, especially Carlos Correa related uh, any of the three that have now been signed or not signed, but uh, reported. So yeah. it's just, I, did the Astros know something that we didn't, did they know this was up that they, I don't think they tried that hard to resign him necessarily. No, and I mean from from the the tweet that we uh we received earlier today, I mean the Mets said that he had a good what three to four years before that ankle starts giving out. It's that's kind of what <laughs> I mean. Way to be brutal, uh, Mets yeah. front office, but like, but yeah, I mean, it, going back to what you said about the Astros, I mean, as much as it pains me to say, it just makes them look even more like one of the most smart smarter franchises in baseball. Yeah. I mean, there's not really any way that you could necessarily predict how it's going to happen because, hey, nobody can predict injuries. But if they knew something like, hey, we got access to all his medicals and we can see that there is a injury here or like obviously they knew that he had injured it in a game or something like that. Like, hey, we got Jeremy Pena and I'm, I feel like they wouldn't necessarily like, sure, they knew Jeremy Pena was a good prospect. But like any time that you can retain platinum glove shortstop debatably the best shortstop in the league your team is probably going to try pretty hard to do that unless they know something that we didn't so yeah exactly um i i don't know I, i'm glad it wasn't my team involved that there was no fake uh phillies were interested in him uh because i mean i've i saw the pain that you and bobby went through with uh the oh, giants fake signing aaron judge and though that only lasted for uh, what was it, a couple Seven minutes? minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, and while he lasted on the Mets, it was, I mean that was reported for like a couple weeks or a week it at was, least. Yeah. So, hey, I don't feel bad for Mets fans, but if I if I did, uh, I feel bad for Giants fans at least. But... Oh my god. Yeah, that I mean, as you were saying, I, I'm really glad that Judge signed before Correa or signed before Correa, I should say. <laughs> Because if, I mean, any tweet that I would have gotten about Aaron Judge and whoever in agreement, I would have not uh, believed it until it was truly official because that pending physical now has a whole lot more meaning than what we initially thought. Yeah. Yeah. that's It's insane. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll move on. We'll keep it in your A at least here. Rafael Devers has gotten the extension he deserves um, you got the numbers off the top of your head there because I know that I do not. It's been um, it's been over a week now, I think. I don't have the exact numbers, but I do know it was three hundred plus. Um, I believe it was eleven years, and it was the sixth uh, highest major league contract ever signed. Um, boy, I mean, I I didn't expect it, especially from Devers' end. I mean, watching watching your the player who plays next to you for however many years they were together leaving free agency and seeing this Red Sox front office the way it is at the moment, um, Bloom did not instill much confidence in his players. And I thought the Red Sox were on board to sign him, but I thought they were going to lowball him exactly what they did with Xander Bogarts. But I mean, for both ends to get this done, 
I think it's then this is, you know, I, I'm going to put my Yankee bias aside, but wow, did this save Boston because they needed somebody to build around. They're losing guys left and right. They're bringing They're finally bringing in some more bets. Um, Justin Turner to name one, but this fan base needed it so bad watching this team lose Mookie Betts, one of the generational talents we have seen. Um, and now Bogarts this off season. It was horrific, and I would not want to imagine how Boston fans are feeling. But for Devers to get this done with Boston, uh, I think it means a lot to the city and a lot to the fan base. Yeah, for sure, because like you just said, losing bets and then Bogarts, insane. And then if you would have lost Devers too, and if it would have been the same situation where front office uh, lowballed him and uh, he didn't want to re-sign there, I, I don't know. I wouldn't think it would have got to the point where he would have like uh, demanded a trade or asked for a trade before like the trade deadline. But like, who knows how fractured uh, relations could have gotten? But thank yeah. goodness that didn't happen. Um, either way, I it does make me wonder though why you're more willing to give uh, Devers this big contract. I understand he's a better overall player than uh, Bogarts, and he's a younger player. Yeah, and it's you don't want to just let a all-star of the past. I mean, he's been all-star at least once or twice, I'd say. Mm-hmm. A really good player. You don't yeah. want to just let him go for nothing, but, like, you also want a core to build around. Maybe not. You don't just want one superstar on a team. And if you have the chance to bring back or extend your shortstop, who's, like, he put it all out there for the Red Sox all the time. He was career Red Sox, and you didn't try that hard to re-sign him. I don't... That doesn't... Uh, connect well to me that why wouldn't you try to re-sign Bogarts a little bit uh, harder, but I don't know. Maybe I'm not seeing it right. Maybe they're thinking age-wise that it doesn't necessarily match up with their timeline, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, this... Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because like, I mean, yeah, you did re-sign Devers, which is great for Boston. Uh, I'm happy for Red Sox fans. I, I truly am. They needed it. Yeah, I'm glad it happened for them, Um, but it doesn't like it kind of just didn't make too much sense because if you're going to put that amount of money into one player, I mean, you're basically going all in at that point. Why not try to, I mean, and their offer to Bogarts was like, it was laughable. So yeah. it's like, did you really feel that much more like passion towards Devers than you did Bogarts? I mean, you, you would think it would be both of them and you would try even harder to sign Bogarts. But, I mean, as you said, I guess it, it wasn't in their timeline for what they wanted. Um, from the outside looking in, it, it didn't seem like, you know, it really added up. But, I mean, I, I guess you have to take what you got. So, I mean, if you get Devers out of it, got to be happy. Some That's some kind of standard. Yeah, exactly. It's at least your front office Though they're confusing at times, they <laughs> yeah. it, clearly they care at least to try and sign back at least the younger good talent, I guess, if that's the excuse. Age is the excuse for not uh, trying to bring back Xander. But I, I don't know. It Like you said, overall, main, main point, good for the Red Sox, good for their fans, yeah. uh, and good for Devers. He got mm-hmm. paid, paid. Oh, he, so. he got, yeah, he got a massive deal. Yeah. I, and it's kind of always interesting to me, like the whole way that 
between Major League Baseball and especially the N- or NFL, how every contract has to be bigger than the next. Like, yeah. it's always interesting to me which guys are like, you know what, I don't really need more. Like, I can understand that Rafael Devers, I'm not worth more than Aaron Judge necessarily or uh, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, any of those massive contracts that I, I'm i not going to ruin my relationship with this good franchise just to try to demand the most. And, like, it's weird to see that it usually keeps going up, but, like, then there's the guys that always fall in line underneath. Um, but I, I don't know. I just find that interesting. Oh, no, it definitely is. I mean, you think of guys like Jose Ramirez, who truly, yeah. I mean, his his market is so low for the type of player he is. I I mean, me personally, this is me. I think he's a top three um, third baseman in the league. And you can make an argument that he is the best third baseman in the league, and his contract does not show that whatsoever. And then you yeah. look at a guy like Nolan Arenado or a guy like, you know, Rafael Devers, who just signed the sixth largest uh, contract in Major League history. Um, I mean, it just sometimes it's, you know, it, it doesn't fall the way you think it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, we want to move on to uh, something else now, trade? Yeah, we, yeah. Let's let's do a quick trade. Um, I mean, I guess we can go with the first one, and I'll let I'll let you open this one up because this pertains to uh your Phillies. Phillies, I like this. I like this move. Phillies get uh reliever Gregory Soto, left-handed reliever, and uh Cody Clemens, uh pitcher, I believe. Right, Cody Clemens. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he's a pitcher just because uh his dad uh, I believe is uh Roger Clemens but yeah I that's about all I know about Cody Clemens is that he is Roger Clemens' son. Yes, uh, okay. Cody Clemens. Oh no, he yeah, he's a hitter. Um okay. third base, first base and second baseman. Uh he, I mean there's not too much to see there. That was kind of just uh we need something back in return for what the Phillies were giving him, but uh, the Phillies gave up Matt Veerling, um, Nick Maton, and Nick Maton, um, and my personal. Uh, I have a personal connection to Donnie Sands, catcher. Uh, he was with oh, the that's right. minor league system. Yeah, yeah. So, to me, Phillies won this trade. Mm-hmm. Um, Gregory Soto, he's a good reliever. He's been an All Star the last two years. I know every team has to have an All Star, but still, he's probably borderline All Star caliber. Otherwise, um, top 10, I think, in the league in saves, something like that. Top 15 around there. Um, I don't know if he's going to be slotted in at Philly uh, as the closer, closing role. I don't know. But he's going to fit in well in the bullpen. And I hate to depart with Matt Vierling. He's uh, the main, I would say, the main point uh, of the trade. Obviously, uh, like you said, Donnie Sands, uh, a good uh, prospect. But overall, Veerlings is probably the main point. And, like, he's a good player. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see great potential there, but he's a good, solid, everyday uh, outfielder. So, overall win for the Phillies, in my opinion. Uh, glad they're bolstering up their bullpen even more. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think? So, for me, um, I, have a, I have a lot of connections to the Phillies. Uh, my brother's a diehard Phillies fan, and uh, I live – um, close to their double A minor team. Um, so for me, I I am you know up to date on the Phillies, and 
for me, my first initial reaction was I do think the Phillies won this trade. The only thing that worries me is how much versatility that the Phillies gave up. Um, I mean, and a lot of their bench too. Matt Vierling was a perfect bench piece. Um, obviously Nick Maton as well. Uh, Donnie Sands was kind of the throw in. Um, I didn't expect him to contribute too much at the major league level, but I, I do think, you know, obviously, as you said, the Phillies are getting a, a stud in the bullpen and pairing him with Jose Alvarado and Sir Anthony Dominguez. I think that's a three headed monster. And if you can get any type of old production out of Craig Kimbrell, you guys, your guys' bullpen is looking pretty good. Uh, you have Bilotti in there. Um, I believe Sam Coonrod is still with you guys. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> He's in there somewhere. Shaky situation, I think. But but uh, but yeah, I I feel like that bullpen is really bolstering, and that was one of my worries with Philly, especially last year. Um, I did not know how their bullpen was going to hold up, but it proved me wrong in the playoffs, and I feel like they're just. I mean, Dombrowski's going all in on that bullpen, and I love it. I think it's I think it's great for the Phillies. But like I said, if I had to nitpick a little bit. I don't like how much versatility that they gave up. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, like you said, that's a half their bench there, basically. Yeah. And for a closing pitcher, you can you can always debate the value of a closing pitcher compared to an every about everyday value player because somebody's playing every day, closer or reliever per se. You might not see every day. He might not pitch every day, but those are the important innings when he can come down, come in and lock down an inning and close the game out. So in my opinion, like you said, Philly's won the trade does suck giving up a couple bench pieces, but sometimes it feels like bats like that are easy to pick up or call up sometimes. But like you said, relievers glad the Phillies are bolstering it up because it was, it wasn't great. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great last year in the playoffs. It really, uh, Seemed to really sure up somehow. Not yeah. sure how, but it, I was uh, impressed in the postseason. But two years ago in the regular season, it was terrible. So we've come a long way now. Craig Kimbrough, I don't, I don't know that I expect a lot <laughs> out of him, especially seeing what he did in uh, Los Angeles last year. He had a lot of saves, but he had a lot of, a lot of heartbreakers uh, yeah. for the Dodgers. Yeah. So. I don't have high expectations there so that when he uh, lets us down, I hopefully won't be too disappointed, but overall I, I like the move for the Phillies uh, on the Tigers end. I, I don't know. It's, it's just, Tigers. A, yeah, I don't it's know kind either. of a mess at this point. <laughs> it has been for the last couple of years. And I it, like, you're not getting any top, caliber prospects or players back in exchange for a above average closer reliever. Yeah. Who, and it's not like he's in a contract year. He's got a three years. I think a control is what I heard. So, yeah. So that's a lot of value there. And it's not like the tigers were like, Hey, well we can't resign him next year. So we're going to trade him. So not sure, not sure what they're doing, but, I don't know anyway. So, yeah, I mean that, and that really surprised me too on the, on the Tigers end because the Tigers have, they don't have many all-star players like at all. Um, I mean, Miggy's on his way out and then you have uh, Javi Baez who I'm sorry, but that, that contract <laughs> looks terrible. 
um, Erod, who they signed to that massive deal last season, and he's like nowhere to be found. Yeah, um, I know. That's... And then it's it, they're just they're in the future's not looking too good, at least for the next couple of years. So if you have a guy like Gregory Soto and you, you want to try to command as much that you can get out of the Phillies in that trade. And I feel like they really undervalued him in this trade. And like I said, I definitely think the Phillies are the clear cut winners. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I thought for sure the Phillies would have to give up more. Yeah. I was shocked when I saw the trade details come out that Phillies gave up, Veerling, like I said, good player, but not yeah. great player. And he's, I don't think the potential. Yeah, I don't think the potential is really high. Mm-hmm. But the floor, I don't know. The floor is, it's not awful, but he's like, no, like you not. said, he's a solid player. So mm-hmm. it, mm, I don't know. Tigers, <laughs> Tigers somewhat, they kind of frustrate me, but a lot of franchises do the way they handle things. They're not that quite at true. the top of the list. They're just not in a good spot. Torkelson no. Torkelson didn't have a good year last year when he came up and um Matt uh the pitcher there uh pitching prospect <laughs> I can't remember his name now um yeah me neither I mean and, and Casey Mize I mean Casey Mize that's who I'm thinking is of. that I don't, who know why I said, I don't know why I said Matt sorry <laughs> he's I mean Casey Mize is solid but he's I mean I remember a couple years ago there was so much hype around him I mean, MLB yeah. the show. His card was unstoppable. It was great, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Detroit. Best of luck to you. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, city. I mean, your football team's getting a little bit, a little bit better. I mean, that's something to Which look that, forward uh, to. I'm happy for that. I'm happy for you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll move on. A few more uh, minor signings here. I think we'll stay in my division for a little bit. Gene Segura. Mm-hmm. Moved on down to Miami from the Phillies. Uh, we will miss you, Gene. Put in some good time in Philly. We got you to your first playoff appearance, and we went the whole way to the World Series. You had some fantastic plays in the postseason. I'm sorry your time ended, though. Trey Turner kind of pushed you out the door, uh, <laughs> and, and Bryson Stott. I'm guessing Stott's scooting over to second. So there wasn't necessarily a spot. He's too good to be a bench player. And that's kind of what the Phillies had to offer him. I don't know that they were really considered options to sign sign him back because there just wasn't a spot for him. But uh, two years, seventeen million down in Miami, good pickup for the Marlins. Gene's an underrated player. I I love this fit. Um, and as you said, his the, the Phillies took him to his first playoff appearance, uh, probably his last, if I had to guess, if he's spending the rest <laughs> of his career in Miami. Um. But no, um, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I I love Gene Segura. I truly do. And I enjoyed watching him play. Um, and for me, if – okay, so there's there's a lot of trade rumors going around with the Yankees trading Glaber Torres. Um, don't know if that's going to come to fruition or whatever, but Gene Segura was one of the guys who I wanted the Yankees to look into, especially if they were serious about getting rid of Glaber Torres in a trade. Uh, Gene Segura is a perfect guy who – I mean, he hits for such a high average. I and I and as you said, he's underrated. Now, not a lot of people know how. Like, if you don't watch him on an everyday basis, you don't know truly how good he is. And I think that veteran presence that he has, and he's so well respected in this game. It, taking that down to Miami and just you know, he's going to fit so well in that clubhouse. And I think him and Jazz—that's going to be fun, man. Oh, yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm excited to watch some Marlin games. 
Um, yeah, him and Jazz. Yeah. I, I think Gene can play shortstop, so I would imagine him being the shortstop and Jazz staying at second. Uh, yeah. That would be my guess. But then those two turning double plays. And Gene, Gene is such a fun player. You see him out there on the field or in the dugouts or on social media, anything like that. He's always uh, having fun laughing. So him and Jazz is going to be a great combo. And, yeah, I mean, it's good. We'll get to see him in the division still. Hopefully he doesn't come back to bite us too much. But, yeah, happy for Gene. Me too. Uh, I think this is like a perfect transition um, because of how we were saying about Gene Skirgo going to the Marlins. Uh, Miguel Rojas was traded today to the Dodgers. So after losing Trey Turner, um guessing the Dodgers will use Miguel Rojas, barring any moves. Yeah, I think he's uh, not quite Gene Segura level, but he's a solid player too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's solid. And I, I really like this pickup for the Dodgers. Um, the, the Dodgers work their magic on these players. I, I don't understand how they do it. Um, but I, I, I think Miguel Rojas is going to fit in nicely. Um and of course, they they still have the, you know, the, I mean, they're the Dodgers and they have the cap room now without signing Trey Turner. Um, I don't know, go after Shohei or something like that. Probably wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. But um, yeah, uh, Miguel Rojas was just another um, minor move. Um, yeah. There's, I think we'll wrap it up with this because this is a sort of different situation. Uh Related to the Dodgers, <laughs> we're going to talk about Trevor Bauer a little bit, okay? We're, we're keeping it baseball here. I think, my opinion, I'll dive right into this. Dodgers have said they're not, they're not keeping him, so they uh, DFA'd him. They're looking to trade him if anybody's interested, but why would anybody trade him? Trade for him when you can just get him on a veteran's minimum contract, so or a league minimum contract. So... Yeah. I think that there's teams that are out there interested in him. I feel like I've heard the Astros, I believe. Yankees possibly as well. Is that right? I mean, Yankees Twitter is a very toxic place. Um, I've heard everything <laughs> on there. I, I, supposedly, we were training for Tatis and Mike Trout this offseason. So, um, yeah, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I did hear a little bit about it, yeah. You think uh, Astros would be a good fit? Um, I mean, yes. I mean, that Astros team is loaded. And if you had, you know, if, 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 if Bauer can get back to what his Cy Young season was, or even half of that, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a win for the production that you're getting for the amount of money you're spending. Yeah, uh, for I sure. Mean, you, you add him to any staff, he makes the, that staff better especially if he can get back to 2019. Yeah, it's crazy to think that he won uh, AL, NL, Cy Young. NL, NL, with the Reds. Yeah, with yeah. the Reds, that's right. So I'm not sure what the market's like, though, in terms of teams interested. Astros is really the only one that I've heard. Yeah. I, th- I thought I heard Yankees, but maybe that was just Yankees, toxic Yankees Twitter or just general. Surprise me. The Yankees, it's kind of like uh, the Lakers. You hear they're interested in every player that's possibly going to get traded. Yeah. So the Yankees are interested in every possible free agent interested, uh, air quotes yeah. there. So I don't know. We'll see. There's enough teams that need starting pitching. It's just 
do you want the baggage that comes with it? Everything else, are you willing to take a risk? Because obviously, if this was a player just looking at the pitcher, everybody wants a former Cy Young winner. Corey Kluber still has value in this league, and he he's I don't want to say he's washed, but he's nearing the end of his career. So yeah. there's going to be teams that are going to take a chance on, but taking a chance is even like it's a interesting phrase to say because the last time he pitched, he was still pitching at a pretty good level. Yeah. I mean, that I, if you look at that contract that the Dodgers signed him to, I mean, he was a pretty good pitcher. Um, the, the numbers he was putting up were, were extremely solid. Um, borderline elite. I mean, this guy was going out and giving you, um, giving you six, seven innings of no hit. I, I'm sorry. Um, you know, no run baseball, one run baseball, um, exactly what you want out of a starting pitcher. It's just, as you said, do you want the baggage that comes with it? Because that's yeah. exactly what whichever team is going to take a flyer on him is most likely going to get. Um, yeah. But at the same time, is it truly taking a chance? Because you're going to be paying this guy league minimum. I mean, IKF is making more money than that. <laughs> um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's just w- what happens, you know. But, yeah, I mean, wh- whoever whoever gets him, it's, it's going to be a storyline. Yeah, and I guess there's a chance that there would be a chance that he doesn't even sign, I would say. Either mm-hmm. a combination of teams not interested and combination of maybe he doesn't want to sign with either certain teams or for that little bit, because clearly he's shown that he has other things that he's fine with doing um, with Eric Sim and making all this content. So literally he's doing all right outside of baseball uh, pitching wise outside of baseball. Um, (laughs) I think he's doing all right. So I think that I think there's a possibility. He doesn't really doesn't necessarily sign or waits till uh, nearer the postseason if he's able to stay fresh and then wait to sign. So, yeah, uh, that very well could be, uh, could be the um, outcome that happens. Um, I guess to just wrap this up really quickly, um, just to name off a few of the other signings, uh, Brandon Belt, uh, Johnny Cueto, Nelson Cruz, AJ Pollock, uh, Eric Hosmer, uh, Evan Longoria, uh, Corey Kluber, as you mentioned, Nady Valdi, Dalton Varshow, and Michael Conforto were all, of the minor signings that happen off the market, uh, Dalton Varsho trade, trade, trade. Yes. Yeah. Trade. I like that move for the blue Jays. I do too. Um, well, not being a Yankee fan, but, um, <laughs> I, I thought at first that they gave up a little too much, but uh, the blue Jays always seem to be up there. Um, good move for him. I mean, Dalton Varsho was a guy who I wanted the Yankees to trade for. We still have an outfielder spot open that we need. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I really like the move for both sides. Uh, the Diamondbacks got one of the top prospects in all of baseball, and they got yeah. a super utility guy in Gurriel. So. Yeah, it was, okay. it was a win-win for both teams. I'd say the Diamondbacks more won the trade, but mm-hmm. I, overall, I each, both teams – Blue Jays had a surplus of catchers, and everybody knew that going into the offseason. So yeah. it was a matter of if they were interested in trading some or not. So turns out they were. Um, you got anything Anything else? Closing thoughts, Kyle? I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it. All right, yeah. We're looking forward to all kinds of offseason stuff coming up. 
uh, World Baseball Classic coming up soon, and that'll be fun um, watching that and everything. Hopefully, US Team USA gets that dub, but uh, we'll be keeping track of all the free agent stuff. We'll be back here on the podcast. More stuff coming up. Uh, make sure you check out our uh, Instagram and all that fun stuff. We're putting out good content every day. So, yeah, thanks for last. Thanks for listening, watching, whatever you're doing. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yep, super excited. See you, man.